Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. Rhodes? Well, we're going, we don't need Rhodes. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. No, I am your father. You're listening to After the Ending, the only film podcast where we tell you what happens after the ending of your favorite films. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Spring and Phil Edwards. Hello and welcome to another episode of After the Ending. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And I guess we could also call this show uh, Liars and the Lying Lies That They Tell, because I believe we promised our listeners a brand new regular episode this week, didn't we, Phil? We certainly did, but because of problems in the space-time continuum that we didn't account for... That's right. Things have changed. That's right. It's true, actually. There is another me running around sometime in the future that is causing some disruptions in the time-space continuum. So uh, we had to postpone our regular episode for one more week and bring you another bonus episode. Yes. So it's always my fault, even when it's future me. Yeah, we are actually broadcasting this from the year 2065, so apologies. It's true. And we we do sound remarkably young for our age, I think. Mm. Well, it's because the technology in 2065 means, you know, we have had a rejuvenization. That's right. Patches and things like that. So So the technology is is much better, but the show, unfortunately, is still the same old, same But who would have thought the 8-track would have come back in? I did not see that one coming. I know, crazy. But at least vinyl died out again, thank goodness. No, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. No, I, I, yeah. <laughs> I forgot you like vinyl. I like vinyl. Yeah, I know. All right. Well, anyway, as we said, uh, tonight we have another bonus episode for you. So we are going to be doing our uh, returning feature, Quizmaster Deathmatch, in which Phil and I will uh, try and confound each other with our trivia about films that we know and love. And then we have another special feature. Phil, tell people what's on tap in this week's episode. It's going to be Quizmaster Deathmatch, which you are currently leading three to nothing because uh, you are beating the pants off me. Every single time we've done one of these. So far, but we'll see what happens. And what movies are we talking about? Yeah, then we'll be doing our top five favorite films based on video games. Which should be an interesting list, to say the least. Yeah, and that's because uh, yeah, there aren't really that many. But it's our, our favorite ones. It doesn't matter if they're good or not. It's just what we like. And they, they have to be based on an actual real video game. So there's not going to be any sort of The Last Starfighter or that kind of thing. In it. Yeah, no Wreck-It Ralph, sadly. No, no. Well, right. I'm sure video games have been made based on them since, but right. it has to be, first of all. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, well, first up then is Quizmaster Deathmatch. Phil, why don't you intro our movies? Yes, well, I will be asking Mike some questions about Better Off Dead, which is the one starred John Cusack many, many moons ago. And Mike will be asking me questions about Ghostbusters, and we're going to be doing the, the original Ghostbusters, the one with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and all the rest. Yes, uh, it should be an exciting matchup. Now, Better Off Dead is uh, a, a cult classic, if you will. It's a, it's a classic 80s comedy. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Many people have not seen it. So if you haven't seen it yet, I implore you, please, 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 please go and watch it. It's fantastic. Um, some people, some listeners might recognize the fact that my website, IWantMy2Dollars.com, is actually named after uh, mm-hmm. one of the most famous quotes from that movie. So uh, it's a lot of fun. If you haven't seen it, check it out. And if you haven't seen Ghostbusters, then I really can't help you. Yeah, yeah, what's going on if you've not seen Ghostbusters? Right, exactly. So, all right, well, let's jump into things then, Phil. Uh, Why don't I kick things off? I'll ask you the first question about Ghostbusters. Okay, so the first two questions are going to be worth, is it a point each? 
Yeah, the first two questions are a point each. They are the easiest questions. The middle two questions are three points each. They're a little bit harder. And then the hardest questions, the last two, are five points each. So that's six questions in total. And uh, we'll see how many points we can score. Winner takes the crown for this episode. Yes. And I will just stress, I saw Better Off Dead many, many moons ago. And I've not really seen it since. So I'm not sure whether some of the questions I'll be asking are going to be easy or not. So apologies to Mike and to the listeners out there who are going, why are you asking that question, man? <laughs> it's all right. I think I'm up for the challenge, Phil, but we'll see what happens. Okie dokie. All right. So starting off then, in Ghostbusters, what were the names of the two terror dogs? Uh, Zool. Yep. And Vince Clotho. Yes, you got it. All right. Nicely done. Oh, pull that one out to the back. <laughs> I like it. I like it. All right. A point for Phil. Okay. What mountain does Lane want to ski? Oh, that's a good question. And, you know, I knew that I knew going into this, I hadn't seen this movie. I've seen this movie probably 50 times and I, I haven't watched it recently, though. So uh -huh. um, I know that the mountain is made of pure snow. Pure snow, yeah. And, and that it, the street value is incalculable, according to uh, <laughs> Curtis Hansen's character. But I'm going to say Mount McKinley. No, no, unfortunately not. It was K-12. There we go, K-12. All right. Okay, well, I'm down one already. All right, next up. Okay. True or false? I thought I'd shake things up a little, give you a true or false question this time. Oh, okay. True or false? The term proton pack is never actually used in Ghostbusters. Ooh, that's a good question. I'm going to say that's true. You are correct. Another point for Phil. Ooh. Apparently, it doesn't actually get used until halfway through Ghostbusters 2. Wow. Yeah, interesting. Okay. That's cool. Oh, yeah. it just be from all the toys. Oh, that came out, won't it? That's when we got Proton Pack from. Right, Baby. right. Okay. Uh, your next question in round one is, what color is the jello that has raisins in? That would be green. Correct. Yes, that I know. <laughs> That's a good Ooh. one. Okie doke. I like it. All right, very good. Uh, okay, number three. This is our first of the three-point questions. Yes. William Atherton and Reginald Vell Johnson both have roles in Ghostbusters. What iconic action film would they both also star in just a few years later? Die Hard. Correct. Three oh. points for Phil. I knew you could get that one. Uh, only because I remembered him being in it. We'll see, but it worked, right? I didn't realize that, though, until just when I was doing my research. That I forgot that Reginald Vell Johnson, who played Detective Sergeant, was Al Lewis? Whatever yeah, I the, think so. the, Who was his, he in, Go in Ghostbusters? He was the jail guard. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, see? So I had forgotten about that. Oh, right. that's a good question. Okay. Let's see then. Uh, which 2010 film features the line, I want my $2? Ooh, a 2010 film that features the line. It does, it does star someone from Better Off Dead. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say that the answer is I have no idea. It stars John Cusack. Yeah, he's made a lot of really bad movies over the past few years. Mm -hmm. um, you know what? I'm drawing a blank, so I'm going to call it. Okay, it was Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, Hot Tub Time Machine. You know what the problem is? I've never seen Hot Tub Time Machine. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. All right. Okay, good question, though. I, I, well, I thought I'd like to... throw that one in because, you know. No, it's a good question. Thing. Absolutely. Okay, look. Go on, hit me with it. All right. So next, what famous CNN host made his film debut in Ghostbusters? So not his debut on camera, but he's a famous CNN host who this was the first time he appeared in a movie as himself. Oh, so he was playing himself in, in Ghostbusters. Yep. He's a very do, famous talk show host job. from CNN. Oh, it's the guy with the glasses, the old guy with the... Yep, you got it. Larry King. You got it. Oh. Wow, <laughs> Phil, you're, you're running away with this one. 
could still go to hell in the next one. <laughs> so another other question for you in round two. Yep. Uh, what is the name of the French exchange student? That would be um, uh, Monique. Correct. Yes. She's fantastic. Uh-huh. Diane Franklin was the actress who played her too. Oh, okay. That I remember easily. The name of the character I had to think about. <laughs> All right. So what was Slimer known as on set to the cast and crew? He was not known as Slimer. That was a name that was created for the cartoon. What did they refer to him as while they were filming? Oh, it's something vegetable-based. Correct. It is. Well, they call him an ugly little spud in the film. Right, but that's not it. Yeah. Is it Onion Head? It is Onion Head. Look at you. Five-pointer for Phil. Jesus. I don't know where I got that one from. Well, I, yeah, you seemed like you didn't quite know it, and then you pulled it out. I'm, yeah. I'm very impressed. It was fun. Okay, then. I was going to say uh, that you, you would cry if you didn't get it because of onions, you know? Oh, well, okay. But you, you didn't even need my help. <laughs> okay. So here's your first question in round three. Okay. In which film was the actress who played Beth killed by a famous movie killer? Hmm. And Beth, I think, was played by Amanda Wise or Wheeze? Yeah. Wise, anyway. So let's see. I know she was in, uh, let's see, because that was in the 80s. I'm going to go ahead and guess it was Friday the 13th. No, it was A Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, I knew it was one of those two. <laughs> I figured it had uh, to be one of those. Apparently, when she, when she, you see her on, in the film Better Off Dead, there's somebody standing near her wearing Freddy Krueger's kind of jumper. Oh. Which was a little bit of trivia, cool. which I found interesting. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a zero for you there. Yes, I've gotten quite a few of those. <laughs> I knew I set myself up for a fall. That's all right. Okay, so finally then for number six, uh, your your last question. Okay. Who provided the voice of Dana as Zool? There is no Dana, only Zool. Right. Who who was it that provided that voice? I'll give you I'll give you a hint. What I was going to say is Ivan Reitman. It is Ivan Reitman. Yes. You knew that one. I didn't have to give you a hint. Oh. Oh, Phil, you are crushing me today. Yes, about time. Yeah. I mean, I mean, sorry. No, no, sorry. it's it's okay. I, I understand. Okay. All right. Well, give me my last one just so I can, you know, see if okay. I can salvage some some dignity. Okay. So here then is the last question for you. In what film did Diane Franklin play a princess? Ah, that would be Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Correct. And that is a most excellent question, dude. Thank you very much, Station. <laughs> That's that right. Stuff. Okay, well, that was pretty good for yeah. me. Okay, well, I think we know who won here, Phil, but why don't we go ahead and tally up our scores anyway? Okay, uh, I'm tying them up. Let's go. Da, 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 da. Okay. Why don't you uh, give me the bad news first? You got nine. All right, which is actually, in any other round, that would have been, I think, the highest score any one of us has ever had. I think so, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you had a record-setting 18 points, Phil. Woohoo! Clearly, you are a Ghostbusters expert. Thank you very much. You are very it's good to get on the scoreboard. Yeah, so, so now it's uh, three one. Yes. All right. Ooh. It's only a matter of time before you. I think you start taking the lead. Hopefully, we'll see. I mean, no, no. It's let's just see how it goes. We're doing okay. <laughs> three one. All right. So there you go. That was Quizmaster Deathmatch. Phil gets his first victory notched in the books, and uh, we will be back with this in a future bonus episode, which hopefully will not be next week, as we will hopefully return to our regularly scheduled episodes. Yes, there should be a good few episodes now of the. The usual show, but never say never. That's right. We do like to keep people on their toes. (laughs) Indeed. All right. So let's move on then to our top five feature. And this time around, as you said, we are doing our top five films based on video games. Yes, that's correct. Now, what's interesting about this for me, Phil, is I could barely find five video game movies that I even liked, much less having to narrow it down to five. So this will be a a pretty interesting list, I think. But uh, why don't you kick things off? Why don't you give us your number five? Okay. Well, as you said, there aren't that many good ones. They're all a bit 
even the good ones are a bit naff in places. Uh, but the one I'm going to go with, uh, the first one is 2005 film Doom. Yeah, that's the that's the one starring uh, Dwayne Johnson and Carl Urban, uh, where it's a load of Marines end up going to Mars, and there's been some dimensional thing. People monsters coming from hell. It's not that good, but I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the game Doom. I always like Carl Urban and Dwayne Johnson, and it did have some good moments. You know, some good little kills and things like that, and some good little effects. Right. And it also had the first person bit at the end. Yeah. And that's that's why it's probably because of Dwayne Johnson that it even got on the list. Fair enough. I, I like him and Carl Urban both very much, but uh, it's just not a movie that I enjoyed. I never played Doom, mm. um, so I, I don't think I had any, you know, I think what, what little affinity I might have had to carry over was, was just not there, so. Yeah. Yeah. But a good pick. No, good it's pick. fair enough, but there you go. What's, what's your number five? All right, well, my number five is also a pretty terrible movie, I think, and it is Mortal <laughs> Kombat Annihilation, which is the second Mortal Kombat film. And, okay. And you know, here's the reason I picked that. I haven't seen these movies since they came out, either one of the Mortal Kombat movies, since they came out in the, in the 90s. I think the first one was 94 and the second one was 97, and that was the last time I viewed any of them. At the time yeah. when they came out, I remember liking the second one better. Uh-huh. Okay. So that's why I picked it. Now, for all I know, if I went back and rewatched them, the first one could be 10 times better. I'm sure most people would think that it is. But at the time, I remember thinking, huh, I thought that sequel was better because I didn't really like the first one all that much. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's big, stupid action, which I like. So, yeah. you know. Uh, that it squeaks in at number five because it's just such a, a shallow pool to choose from. Well, funny enough, my number four is the first Mortal Kombat film. Ah, there you go. Yes. Uh, pretty much similar reasons to you. It was just a big, dumb, stupid martial arts fantasy film. Uh, it was also directed by Paul W.S. Anderson, who mm-hmm. did the brilliant Events Horizon and then... A bunch of know, other movies. Did, yeah, a bunch of other <laughs> movies. Uh, but... Yeah, I just remember it being a lot of fun. Not not that great, but right. it, it, had, it had some of the characters. It did some of the characters quite well, from what I recall from from the game. Yes. It had some good fights. Obviously, it wasn't violent enough. Right. But you didn't have, you know, it was for kids, yep. even though you didn't have the, uh, the the finishing moves and stuff. But, yep, that was my number four. Yeah, that was a game I did play a lot. So that was, you mm. know, it was it was enjoyable enough to see those films. But like you yeah, said, nothing. Yeah, you, but you, you want it to be like, you know, an 18 or an R-rated film. Right, and, right. But you're not going to get them. No. <laughs> All right, well, my number four is The Angry Birds Movie, uh, the most recent film on the list, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, uh, you know, it's a fun film. It's not a classic along the lines of, like, you know, Tangled or, you know, some of the the great, you know, Cars. (laughs) I just like to throw that in there whenever I can. Um, You know, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. It looks great. And and the last 20 minutes or so is a lot of really good action. So, uh, and, you know, I think they did a pretty good job making a movie out of what is a very simple video game, unlike most of these other ones, which came from, I think, more complex games angry birds yeah, is yeah. just kind of throwing you know little red blobs at little green blobs basically so to turn it into yeah, a, a story and you know with jason sudeikis and josh gad in the cast those are actors i enjoy so it was it was fun yeah my number three is 2007 film hitman starring timothy oliphant as agent 47 i always like the hitman games where you're sneaking around being a sniper or you know sneaking up on people killing them being basically a hitman uh the film as with pretty much all the video game films, had its faults, but it was pretty good considering it was uh, just a, a bog-standard action thriller. But I always liked Timothy Oliphant, uh, and also had Olga Kurylenko and Doug Ray Scott. And I remember enjoying it when I saw it. It didn't. It wasn't going to change the world, but it wasn't. It wasn't a bad adaptation, to be honest. Sure. You know, it's funny because I'm a huge Timothy Oliphant fan, and I've actually just never gotten around to seeing that movie. And I do want to yeah, see it yeah, just because yeah. I like him, and I do like action movies. So, but I just uh, it was probably one that might have made my list had I yeah. gotten around to it. But I still I'd, have. I'd it. like to see Timothy Oliphant, Oliphant do. You know, he 
he should be bigger than he is. I know he had Justified and everything Deadwood. Right. But I was, he should be like a huge movie star. He's so good. I agree. I agree. Yeah. He's fantastic. So, Timothy, if you're listening, that's you right. come on. We'll add you to chat. our list. You're welcome yeah. on the show yeah. anytime, Timothy. Yeah. Or Tim, as I like to call him. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're <laughs> on a pretty casual basis with Tim, yeah. so I think it's good. <laughs> All right. Well, my number three is Need for Speed, which is also a fairly recent movie. came out a couple of years ago starring Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. Uh, it's basically a two-hour car chase. Um, it's overly long. Uh, and it's not terribly intelligent, but I will say it's a it's it's a high budget film with some really good production values. A lot of stunts. They were clearly trying to capitalize on the Fast and Furious, um, you know, aesthetic, and they did a pretty good job of it. It's not as good as the Fast and the Furious films, yeah. but as far as watching just a you know a, a good kind of car chase action film, it's enjoyable enough for what it is. Okay, my number two in this uh, thrilling list. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, they need to get some more decent video. Or maybe, do you think it's the films or the video games they're based on? You know, it's a it's a long-standing debate why video game movies mm. are generally terrible. And I, I don't know why it is they can take things like comic books or even like a ride at Disney and turn out something as good as Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that's an excellent point. But then when it comes to a video game, which already has a story... They're terrible. And it's not even from like a standpoint of like, oh, I played the game and the movie doesn't live up to it because I don't play the video games for the most part. Yeah. Uh, but the movies are still terrible, even watching them not as a video game fan. So I, I don't know why it's so hard to make a video game adaptation work, but so far there just haven't really been many. It's a weird disconnect, isn't it? It really is. Yeah. Okay, but uh, we digress. Uh, my number two is, you've already mentioned it, the Angry Birds movie. Oh, good. Uh, because I was, I watched the trailers and things and... I was thinking, first of all, I was thinking, this is years way too late after the fact. Right. You know, because it was when it was Angry Birds, it was like about five years ago. It's sort of yep. big and everything. And then the trailers just didn't do much for me. But I went to see it with uh, my daughter and thought it was rather very funny. Mm-hmm. A lot funny. I thought it was going to be some good action scenes, some nice little, you know, call outs to other films. Yep. You know, for the for the grown ups and stuff like that. And it was a. Uh, it was a very enjoyable film, and it was pretty close to what the game was as well because all the, the separate bears did their own little things as well. Right, right, exactly. Okay, so what's your number two? My number two is Laura Croft, Tomb Raider 2, The Cradle of Life. Uh, once again, the first Laura Croft movie was, uh, the first Tomb Raider movie was, uh, I think, pretty disappointing. You know, it was okay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that great. The second one was a big bomb, and uh, it was a much better film for my money. You know, it was it was a, a simpler, cleaner film, much more action, um, a better story, I think better characters. You know, it, it, it it's not like it's one of my favorite films, but it's enjoyable enough, and it was certainly an improvement on the first film. Unfortunately, most people didn't bother to see it. So yeah. uh, it's a worthy sequel, you know, a kind of a fun throwback nothing overly special but uh, you know as far as video game movies go it's certainly one of the better ones in my opinion well the tomb raider tomb raider films almost made my list but then i i couldn't really recall much about them apart from the fact it was angelina jolie right. and i thought that was a bit that'd be a bit shallow of me to just to include it because of her mm-hmm. and for the obvious reasons right well but i thought for the so, record yeah, though Phil, I, I think we're both pretty shallow in general so i mean you know i have no problem yeah with that's that. true yeah <laughs> yeah i should have just gone with it right. But, uh, I, yeah, I don't recall much of either of them. I sort of get them both mixed up in my head, so. Right, right. But, uh, okay, my number one film is a very recent one. It's uh, Warcraft. Ah, uh, see, I haven't seen that yet. It's the one directed by Duncan Jones, starring, uh, well, lots of people, Dominic Cooper, Travis Fimmel, Paula Patton, Ben Foster, Toby Kebble, and lots of other people. I really enjoyed it. It's, it explained everything quite well. It, was, it set everything up hmm. for what was hopefully going to be a big series of films, but I doubt it's going to happen. Right. But it had good effects. I thought the actings were great, particularly the orcs, because you, you saw this. It focused more on the orcs to begin with. So instead of them being, just being these big hulking monsters, they were, you know, they had 
personality and you could sort of you felt sorry for some of them and you could understand what that was happening right right but it was uh, i enjoyed it a lot more than i thought i was going to had some great effects some good fight scenes and had the potential to go on to bigger and better things but it doesn't look like that's going to happen no sadly not well i, I do want to mm. see it it's definitely one i'm looking forward to watching when it comes out on it's worth checking out sure definitely worth checking out yeah all right well my uh my number one is um i cheated a little bit and it's actually a series of films and it's the only thing on my list that i can say i do actually truly really enjoy and it is the entire series of resident evil films okay um, yeah. and uh, you know what it is i they're kind of like guilty pleasures i don't really believe in guilty pleasures because i don't feel guilty for enjoying movies but um Every time a new one of these movies comes out, I rush out to see it. I've seen every single one of them in the theaters. And they're just, you know, the first one was kind of a more classic zombie film. Yeah. With yeah, a zombie haunted house kind of thing. Right, wasn't it? right. And a, kind of a monster twist at the end. Then after that, they just sort of went into overdrive. And, you know, I, I love the last scene of the first film where, you know, she comes, she finally escapes and comes out and it's, you know, just desolation everywhere. And, yeah, you know, they yeah. always pick up right after that. And, you know, from there, they just got bigger and, and stupider but also more fun you know the second one was was pretty good but then like the third and fourth ones they really amped up the action and um you know they're just they're just non-stop you know sci-fi monster action uh you know with with mia jovovich in the lead as a kick-ass you know female hero yeah. which i always like to see and um they're just really fun they always get some good kind of supporting cast members and you know most of them don't make the cut but i think the fourth one is even my favorite uh resident evil extinction maybe they all sound the same so i'm not sure but um, yeah i got confused with the you know they have to get them all out on the big boats and all this crazy action there's a prison sequence oh, I've not, yeah i've not seen it. Oh, i think really i've already fun. seen like the first couple yeah they're really fun i, I do like them and they just get kind of bigger and better with each one they're sort of like the fast and furious movies but not as good but just sort of like a franchise that sort of should have died you know but that yeah, kind of continues yeah. on and gets kind of bigger and dumber but you also enjoy them more and more so i kind of just watch them with a big grin on my face you know i, sh- I should really try and watch them no maybe i've seen the first three but i should maybe watch the rest of them yeah well the fourth one i think is actually the the the, the high point of the series and it's yeah. just crazy <laughs> over the top action I think they might be on Netflix. I remember the first one had some good bits. I always loved the bit with that, like that laser cage. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was cool. Corridor. I loved that. It had some really good bits, but it just as a whole, I just maybe I just went, oh well, is that it? Right. <laughs> but uh, and then I saw the second one as well, and I think that was a bit too silly. Yeah, I think the second one. I can't remember why. I, I enjoy it, but it's probably the low point of the series for me. Yeah, and then yeah. it sort of kicks into overdrive from there. But like I said, the fourth and fifth ones are, are terrific, and even the sixth one, which went a little over the top, uh, was still pretty fun. So. Crikey, it went over the top. Yeah, I know. It really did. It was just hard to say because the other ones are so over the top. But the sixth one, I think, is even more so because then they bring in these like, I don't know, like clones or something. I don't know. It gets weird. But and the stories don't even always make sense. But I don't care. I enjoy yeah, them yeah. anyway. So. And another, they're all Paul W.S. Anderson, aren't they? I think most of them. I think he didn't do every single one. I think maybe the second or third one he didn't do. But then he kind of came back, maybe with Extinction yeah. even. He's and, probably been producing them all. Yeah, I think he's produced all of them. Yep. So. Yeah. Um, so there you go. So yeah, Resident Evil. Yeah. I like them. The new ones, the latest, the last one, I believe, is coming out in January. So I'm looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah, they call it the last one. Right for now. For now, yeah. exactly. Yeah. No good. Good pick though. So that is our top five uh, movies based on video games. For me, it was kind of the only five that I could find that yeah. I even remotely yeah. liked. But but uh, if there's uh, any out there that we've forgotten, please get in touch and let us know. And if there's some ones which you feel are poorly looked upon, but you you feel they deserve more love. Get in touch and tell us why. Yes, we'd love to hear some uh, some dissenting opinions for sure. Yes, yes, yes. 
Alrighty, well, that is then going to wrap us up for this bonus episode. Next week, barring any unforeseen circumstances, we shall return to our regularly scheduled programming, and we hope you'll join us for that. And we'll have some new after the endings for you, and we'll return to our 100 years of Hollywood in 100 episodes. And we look forward to seeing you then. Yes, and we'll also have a new mini feature. But as always, we never know what it's going to be until the day comes. Yeah, it's part of the fun of it. Yes, yes. Alrighty, well, as always, then we thank you for listening. I'm Mike Spring. And I'm Phil Edwards. And we'll see you next week. After the ending. Oh, hold on. Change my chair. I'm in that creaky chair. Don't want that. You have a creaky chair. I have the world's most uncomfortable chair. So we are quite the duo for a podcast. (laughs) A match made in heaven. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Hello and welcome to another episode of... What the hell is our show called? Jeez. Um, It's after the ending. I forgot because I was going to make a joke and then I blanked. So... (laughs)